So I like to start every amazing conversation. Usually the journey to get there is, it's pretty interesting, right? On how people discover their passions and decide to form a company, right? And do something greater with it. So how, what was the journey like to create a modern botanical chocolate company? Well, I didn't really have a, I didn't have an agenda when I started. It was just more, more of a curiosity journey. I, I really, I really enjoy, really enjoy asking questions and spe- specifically internally. And so uh, a lot of it started uh, in 2009. I started waking up every day saying, I only do what I love. Mm. I knew that there, you know, as a, as a multi-talented, very interested human being, I knew whatever I'm, I'm going to put my energy into, I'm going to give it my 110%. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to have a good time. But I felt like there's something that I'm put on this planet to do. Mm-hmm. Like, what's my purpose? Purpose is a little bit of a... It's a little bit of a of a aqueous term. Like when I, when you say purpose, it's used so many times right. that it kind of loses its its grit. So I I looked at the etymology of that, and I was looking for my pure pose. You know, just put an e in the middle of there. <laughs> your, your pure pose and your purpose, same root. Um, and I thought if I say I only do what I love, then the things that I really like or the things that I enjoy. Maybe those things will peel away, mm-hmm. and then what will be left will be what I'm here to do. It was an experiment. It was a risky experiment. Sure, Grant. always. Hey, <laughs> nowhere this is gonna go. Uh, but I was in a position where I thought, you know what, life is short. I I don't even have tomorrow guaranteed. I I need to just surrender to what I'm here to do. So. I woke up every day. I said, I only do what I love. Uh, at the time, I was working at a Chinese medicine school in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm not attending the school because I wasn't really interested in having a piece of paper and becoming an acupuncturist necessarily. Uh, I was more interested in, in being in the community, which is a lot of how I, I learned best. It's just by being around people who are... So you're there more to learn than to, than to get study. a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's, it's interesting, thing. but it is a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have those those boundaries between teacher and student mm-hmm. you know, that, are, right. that are kind of culturally mm-hmm. embedded, especially... Especially in a traditional Chinese medicine school. Um, instead, I could just have lunch with the professors or the doctors and just say, "Hey, I'm working on this thing," you know. And, and actually, I said, "You know, I may, mostly um, the biggest complaint that I heard, and a lot of times with different herbalists and natural path paths, is they'll prescribe herbs that have been used for thousands of years, different botanicals, teas, flowers, medicinal mushrooms, things that are are potent and have histories of being potent, right." But in our day-to-day lives, busy as they as they are, or active as they are, I like to say, people have the jar of herbs or the pills or the tea. They have it on their counter. They might have it once or twice, and they kind of just forget about yep. it. Like, oh, I need to get back to it. So compliance was always an issue. I said to my my peers in the Chinese medicine <laughs> school, I said, hey, why don't you just uh, why don't you just put them in chocolate if you want to get someone to eat something? Put it on in a chocolate. regular basis. Yeah, I knew at the time that chocolate was a um, a vasodilator, meaning that chocolate opens your blood vessel, so okay. it's actually designed to be a delivery system. Well, why don't you just put it in there? And they're like, "Oh, Justin, you can't just put candy in, <laughs> in, in with herbs. You can't yeah, do that." Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm not talking about candy. I'm talking about real deal cacao, which uh, is a fruit. Which is a fruit. Yeah. Comes out of a pod. Grows actually on the trunk of the tree, anywhere within a 20 degree band, 20 within 20 degrees of the of the equator." Mm-hmm. So right around the middle, which, you know, there's like funny jokes around, you know, it's, oh, it's, chocolate is right around the band. That's why you got a belly. But, you know, if you're eating really clean chocolate and, you know, a lot of times the sweetener has to be clean or maybe there's no sweetener. Mm-hmm. Chocolate is, is most definitely a health food. I, mean, I personally eat about a half a pound of chocolate a day, you know, between 200 and 250 grams of chocolate a day for the last 10, 11 years. Unbelievable. 
And look at my figure. Yeah, hey, look at my dude. Figure. <laughs> so I got into it just kind of by by trust and surrender. That was around 2009, maybe, or before that. Yeah, that was that was when the concept came to me. I started doing custom batches. So I'd say, Hey, Grant, tell me what you're doing with your life. You're like, Oh, I'm I'm building a cause artist empire where I'm I'm attracting people. I'm having to speak clearly. I'm really digging in. You know, maybe you're preparing for a TED talk, or right. maybe you're preparing for. Um, Iron Man or, or some kind of triathlon. Right. I would design a chocolate bar for you using herbs, teas, and flowers, different botanicals and adaptogens that would help you do you the right. best that you could be. Because that's that's the super interesting part is that when we think of chocolate, we think of it as a candy, right? We think of it as like a delicacy that we eat after dinner, right? Or for a snack when you have the munchies or something like that, right? It's not looked at as a nutritional supplement. And that's why I find this so fascinating is that you can use chocolate as a delivery system to deliver nutritional items that your body needs to excel at whatever you want to excel at or whatever maybe illness you're dealing with or some type of symptom. There are products you can put in the chocolate, nutritious, natural, organic products in this chocolate that can can help you in your life day to day, right? Without so, sacrificing, you know, your palate. You know, yeah, you're still getting and it's still we're eating some right now, and it's delicious, right? It's amazing. So we're eating the brain power one. We're eating the brain power. This is one. why we sound so on top of it. Yes, and so that's the interesting part is how do you? Well, let's do this. When a person asks you what yaskakawa is or what botanical chocolate is, right? How do you explain it to them, right? I didn't know what it was, right? But when I heard you explain it. Immensely fascinating. First of all, too, I, I, when you told me that chocolate was your first love, chocolate and mm-hmm. basketball, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Grant, we're gonna be friends." <laughs> we're gonna be friends. Uh, when people ask what botanical chocolate is, the easiest analogy is a pill pocket. You know, it's like when you want to get someone to eat something, and um, you know, it may not, maybe the thing doesn't taste good, or it has a stigma associated to it, like a lot of health foods, herbs, and such do. Getting someone to uh, to eat spirulina for the first time, mm. or ginseng, mm-hmm. or something that is just foreign, right? You know, that they don't know what they're gonna get in their palate. Is it gonna give them a bad taste? Whatever. I I I knew that that was the obstacle to the obstacle to compliance. So botanical chocolate is essentially using chocolate as a delivery system or a pill pocket mm-hmm. to get you to really to enjoy the two inches of your palate without sacrificing the six feet, five or six feet of the rest of your body. Right. It's interesting because chocolate has been done like that for longer than it's been done the way that we're familiar with it. Interesting. Chocolate as a as a sweet treat, as a candy, you know, where it's pretty much drenched in toxic sugars, mm-hmm. not clean sugars, but toxic sugars. Sure. That's really, you know, in the last, uh, this is the 500 year anniversary of a Westerner encountering cacao. Interesting. Cortez, uh, when he was uh, doing his crusade thing, um, his conqueror thing, <laughs> not something that I necessarily think was positive thing but you know there's silver lining i don't i don't think we would all be sitting here and i don't think we'd be listening to this in the same way had it not happened so that you know there are we got to make lemonade out of the the lemons uh but when he first encountered uh cacao he thought it was a bitter almond he was like oh there's something wrong with this almond but eventually ended up bringing it back to spain um, and it was presented as a healthful alternative to alcohol uh when it got to europe and in spirit specifically to the uk you had the quaker uh, the pious uh, Quaker communities, people mm-hmm. who were trying to get people 
people who are trying to get their communities off of alcoholism and, you know, quote, unquote, impure activities or non-religious activities. And so chocolate as a drink originally um, and as a mm. drink, you know, it was presented as an alternative to alcohol. It was just an energy stimulant. Okay. Kind of like a tea or a coffee. Because they knew, something. did they, I mean, did they figure out that it sort of releases these endorphins and it made you feel good right right and that's how to say maybe we can supplement this instead of alcohol or other well you know i i think obviously you didn't know what they're thinking but it's a, you know. it's a hard thing but if i if i do some uh if i do some critical thinking here and i think about the the climate the people what they were allowed to say and do in a marketing perspective i think we didn't have the laws today that would prevent someone from making a structure function claim about what something can do yeah i think people were really taking their liberties now I think that people were having a really profound impact. If you've had really clean chocolate, if you had really good chocolate, there's a feeling in your body that that is palpable. Yeah. And especially since I am putting herbs uh, and botanicals and different nutraceuticals and nootropics in the chocolate bars, like you definitely, if you eat a sure. bar, you're right. gonna feel something, right. even if you're not that sensitive of a person. You know, a lot of the people that uh, initially were attracted to Yes Cacao, a lot of the people were more in the like healers, yogis, mm-hmm. people in uh, the health and healing space uh, who are more familiar with adaptogens and such, who, who kind of generally tended to be more sensitive uh, in their feeling bodies. Uh, but I designed these so that an accountant on the fourth floor that was having a stressful afternoon and uh. needed to wind down could eat uh, you know, the Bliss Out Bar uh, with Blue Lotus and GABA tea and kava and turmeric and coriander and you've got this kind of soft, soft, dark, round flavor that basically had this like creamy dark kind of thing going on and you finish the bar and then your the volume of your mind kind of quiets and then your nervous system relaxes and all of a sudden you're back in your breath Right. and you can do that with a chocolate bar. It's, it's yeah, I mean I am blown away just from, again, I know it's weird for me to say, but my first love was chocolate. You know, like I was always. It's not weird at this table. <laughs> so that's why it's like, us. Us meeting is is uh, is very appropriate, and the stars aligned. You know, I've always had a weird connection to it, right? And you never know what that is. Whether you you're introduced to something at a young age, right? And uh, it just sticks with you, right? But it's 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 always something after I ate dinner, right? It's there was like I just want chocolate. It doesn't have to be a lot of chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was just the that, like you said, some people have coffee or a cigarette right after they eat, or or like you know have have sex or something like that. I was like, no, I just really want some chocolate. <laughs> you know, it's there's a ritual the, in that. You yeah, know? no, yeah. I, and now it makes sense though, right? Now it was people like maybe made fun of me because like, oh, you're just addicted to chocolate. It's like I was like. You know, it's not. It, it's just an appreciation. Like I like the 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 sitting down and eating it, much like having a cup of coffee with the ritual of sitting, making it, sitting down, enjoying it. That's mm. how I I like and enjoy chocolate. The point I think I want to get to is that I did it with chocolate that was you know out of a store, right, and and not understanding or or knowing what the difference is between maybe vegan, organic, botanical chocolate and you know a Mr. Good Bar, right? Cocoa versus cacao. Exactly. So can you explain a little? little bit about the differences of you know a Hershey's bar you see at the store Mr. Good bar Kit Kat right to what we're talking about right now 
Yeah, there's a pretty big difference yeah. in that. And a lot of it comes down to to commodities. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of the larger chocolate players and a lot of the medium-sized chocolate players, most of the people um, who are in this space who are chocolatiers. So I'll, I'll do it with some, some terminology here. A chocolatier is someone who takes pretty much ready-made chocolate beans that have been ground with sugar or something, you know, maybe sugar and milk, uh, and they pour it into a mold. Maybe they flavor it in a different way or add some almonds. Or So the chocolatier will take ready-made chocolate, customize it a little bit, and put it in a mold. A chocolate maker is starting more from the bean. Gotcha. On a bean-to-bar state, you're able to control a lot more of the Green. flavors, the notes, the cleanliness of it. You don't need the stabilizers because it's just not being made on such mass scale and you you know there's not equipment that you don't want to ruin so you add you know different lubricants and stuff so for me the difference really much really comes down to a commodity versus a plant that's really respected or um or recognized for its ecosystem uh, with yes cacao we exclusively use wild harvested cacao from ecuador meaning there's no farms we don't work with farmers we mm. don't work with plantations there's not uh, a piece of the rainforest or a piece of the jungle that's been clear cut so that only cacao can be planted in rows. Interesting. Uh, which, you know, when you do it like that, that compromises the, the ecosystem so that generally you have to spray things in order to keep pests away, as opposed to um, in the wild, there's an ecosystem where there's a natural balance of things. Right. The way I like to say is this, this cacao, which is, it's an offering from the jungle, mm-hmm at the peak of its evolution. Mm-hmm. This is exactly the this is the freshest, most up to date version of your chocolate software. In the prime he's in the prime of his chocolate career. This, point, this bean right? is so <laughs> right to be picked. You know, and a lot of times too with the with the more mass chocolates, you are or the, the cocoa, it's a long, long time from when it's picked to the time it ends up going through the making process, then through the distributor, then into the stores, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then into your shelf. And when you've had really fresh chocolate, or even, you know, if you've had cacao pretty much freshly made, there you register that in your memory. That sure. There's something magical about right. that. So in general, I'd say cacao versus cocoa, you know, a lot of people define it different ways, but I think it's really a matter of whether it's ubiquitous, like you couldn't tell the difference between two regions or two different countries that are growing the same cocoa, mm-hmm. versus cacao has all of the the regional characteristics, the microbial, microbial characteristics. I mean, if you think about chocolate as a prebiotic also, because there are studies that have shown that chocolate is feeding your gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. You want the healthiest version of that chocolate that's the most robust and diverse so that you're giving your body the benefits of as a digestive. So probably part of the reason why you like to have chocolate after you eat mm-hmm. is that chocolate is a digestive. It's helping uh, that process. Now, you can also eat chocolate before you eat because it helps with your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Pretty much eat chocolate any time of the day. <laughs> I find a reason But this type it. of chocolate, right? Not We're not talking about... Yeah, you got to be discerning. Yeah. You know, no. there's... There, uh, and we're talking about an industry that is is very shady um, and that has gotten away with things for a long time. And yep. I think we were discussing yep. the other day about how, um, and and those who are fact checkers, I invite you to <laughs> go on the go on the internet and, and fact check me on this. Uh, the August edition of the 1906 mm. Harper's Magazine mm-hmm. was an expose on slavery in the chocolate trade, and a bunch of companies were called out. Uh, and also pledged to do something about it. 
uh, including like Fry's and Cadbury's. I think Nestle's also all, you know, a lot of the big players sure. have been in it for 150 years and still a huge percentage. I, I think over 70% of the chocolate, generally anything that's going to be, like you're getting a two ounce plus bar for under two bucks. Right, right. So there's some, there's generally some slavery mm-hmm. involved in that and oftentimes child slavery. And I think people, you know, I, I hate to ruin chocolate for people sometimes, but your purchasing of a lower quality chocolate is actually supporting child slavery. Yeah. And feel that for a second. It, That's fucked up. <laughs> I don't know if we need to put an E explicit on this podcast now, but I think it deserves that. Yeah, but I, no, no, because I, I, I've, and that's sort of with with a lot of the stuff that you know I discover and and research through through cause artists. A lot of the stuff I think we grew up on and we buy, we just we just aren't educated about where it comes from and, and sort of who makes it and the repercussions. But then also the the power we have in our shopping decisions, right? We all, I always talk about this stuff. We always preach is that if you educate yourself on what you buy, you can change a lot of the things you don't like about the world, Indeed. right? And it's, it, I think we're at this revolution of the internet being a way to research and discover sort of things, right? It's chocolate industry, fashion industry, diamond industry. Shoe, shoe. Well, I guess that's fashion too. Yeah, but apparel, let's just say apparel, mm-hmm. right? A lot of these, you know, when I see these these big apparel people, like the dude on Shark Tank, uh, dude who did Fubu or whatever, he's mm-hmm. like, and he always speaks, and, and, and I'm like, dude, it's like, hey, I mean, you built a company on on just exploiting workers, like in the third world, and then you up the price to sell it to, you know, impoverished neighborhoods at an extreme margin, mm-hmm. right, to buy that product, and it's like. I don't know. I, I don't know if you what you did it was actually valuable to to society in in a lot of ways. In a lot of these fashion companies, it's the margins are so high because they exploit labor in, in the third world. I mean, that's what they do. And the environmental process to make apparel is very destructive, right? I'm not sure the process of same same cacao. Yeah. I, a lot of this stuff to make it cheap to deliver it to us in America to buy at a very you know easy price point there are some costs behind that you know it's there are hidden costs in that wrapper and it's tough and it's tough to deal with and and to know but once you know i think making an educated purchase decision on something as simple as chocolate right i mean you could start there right you don't i'm not saying go out tomorrow and start to educate yourself and buy everything an ethical sense right that's impossible for somebody to do but you can take one step if it's chocolate chocolate if it's Mm -hmm. A shirt you buy, it's a shirt you buy. There's small steps you can take as a consumer to start impacting the economy in a better way. And chocolate has always been something that has been close to me, right? So when I find out these things, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know. God. I've, I've ruined chocolate for a lot of people. I've bursted some bubbles. I know it's one of those things, too. Even like we were talking the other day about fair trade chocolate, which I think right. is a that, great step. Yeah. You know? it's, um, but, but, to, to, but what you said, I think, was really important of like... Go, go, I want you to tell it. It's fair trade's one thing, but it, there's it's how you make a, it and things like that. I really like to encourage people to continue asking questions. Sometimes we're looking for a little bit of a relief, and so uh, you know, you, you ask a surface question like, "Does it have this certification?" Right. Fair trade, for example. Yep. But we don't go. You know, we're neglecting, or I'm inviting you right now to like look beyond into what does that mean to be fair trade, and what do we assume that it means? Because we have a lot of assumptions with that. When I say uh, fair trade, a lot of times people are assuming that the worker is taken care of holistically. Right. Like, oh, they, 
the worker is elevated to the status that we would feel good about. Right. That's a big assumption there. You know, technically within fair trade rules, you know, and I think again it's a great step because it's something that we need to we need to constantly be leaning into improvements. I expect my fellow humans to evolve along with the businesses and the organizations. Policies that we and stuff we do, yeah, for sure. So I know with a with a fair trade situation generally that's meaning a fifteen percent uh, higher than your 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 national or your country's lowest payment. Gotcha. You're, you're getting a big bonus. I mean, f- think about if you got a fifteen percent pay to minimum pay wage, to minimum uh, essentially from minimum wage, yeah, right? Yeah, right. You know, in that country, you know. But if you're making uh, you know, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars and you get a fifteen percent pay bump, then you know that that's a significant you know. Sure. It's a significant to anybody. Bump. To anybody. To anybody is what I'm trying to say here. And what else is going on there? Because right. the majority, the vast majority of companies that are certified fair trade, which is, you know, it's a, it's a purchased certification, are not organic mm-hmm. cultivation projects. So you have people you're paying a little bit more to walk around in fields and cultivate and pick the different fruits, vegetables, the, the different foods that are drenched in pesticides. That's right. So hey, let me pay you a little bit more so you can walk in a field that has pesticides that we are finding left and right. You know, that Bear and Monsanto just got super yep. lawsuited. Um, and I think there's like 1,500 lawsuits in the pipeline for them. So we'll see what happens with that. But in the agrochemical business, they are, they're depending on us not asking these questions. Sure. But when we ask these questions, we find out like, okay, here's the uh, 35-year-old worker that's been working in this industry for 20 years, mm-hmm. he has a family or she has a family. Maybe there's four or five kids, six kids. But by the time you're 40, all of a sudden you've been living in these pesticides for 25 years. There are health implications to that. Not all bodies are able to take that. Sure. And it's not like fair trade means we're giving you health care. Exactly. We're not giving you these extra benefits. So for me, when I see fair trade, I like to see that. But I also want to see the organic label. Beyond that, I want to see the biodynamic label. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to know that there's a regenerative situation going on where we're not just pulling from the earth extractively. We're giving it back. To go back to, you said fair trade is you know wages for the workers and those workers are still working in maybe not so amazing conditions. But it's also, they're still making food that's going into our bodies that's not the best for our bodies too. Our, you know, the end consumer which you're consuming into your body is no different than that worker working in those fields. You're still delivering those pesticides at some levels into your body's ecosystem. I mean, you eat every day. Right. This is a decision. I, I think that there are a few things that we do every day that um, that make an impact. So it may be, uh, you know, it may be in an apple or something. There's just a, it's just a little bit of something. Or I'm eating a salad and like, okay, it's not yeah. organic, but it's, you know, it's just a a little bit of spray or I wash it off as if that like magically cleans everything off. If you do that every day, we're talking about tens of thousands of days in your (laughs) lifetime. That's a lot of doses. Yeah. Think about if you're taking a dose of something, if you do it, if you do (laughs) 10,000 doses of something, you're going to get some benefits or some adverse effects, adverse effects (laughs) in that. There are consequences to everything we do. Consequence is a beautiful word. It's just consequence. It's with pattern. So when we're aware of what we're doing, we we can have an anticipated consequence. So I just prefer for that to be beneficial. So your packaging has a bunch of different sort of labels on it, right? True. And there's one would ask, I would ask is how the heck do you make vegan chocolate, right? This sort of a misconception that 
dairy has to be involved in. I, I, I'm kind of coming at it from the place of like, <laughs> why do you make it not vegan? You know, it's this extra step. And, there, you know, increasingly there are more vegan options and it doesn't necessarily have to be a super dark chocolate. Like the, the chocolate that we're eating right now, for example, is is my take on a on a white chocolate. I, I, yeah. It's more of a golden it's chocolate. Like, yeah, it's beige on the color. It's almost beige. Uh, and, and in general, and it kind of changes in the light. So sometimes in the sunlight, it's kind of got this uh, golden orange thing mm-hmm. going on. Right. Uh, sometimes under fluorescent lights, there's a little bit of a green tone, which some people are not so into. But <laughs> green, is, green is generally a good color to be putting in your body uh, as far as food goes. Uh, but as far as making it vegan... The reason why we put milk in is to kind of make it smooth, creamy. Uh, it's, it's to kind of bring down uh, the intensity, the sharpness of the cacao flavor on its own. Personally, my, my palate has evolved to sure. enjoy 100% chocolate. Not everybody's like that, but, you know, I was in Trader Joe's the other day. They have a 100% chocolate bar that's right by the register and if I, i'm thinking of trader joe's is carrying a bar like that that means people have an interest in their palates like that what i did was i looked into the plant world what kinds of soft herbs uh you know think about velvety textures of fruits mm-hmm. or more um you know kind of custard apples that have been uh, freeze-dried or something like right, that you know, there are right. certain textures that you can think about in your mind or that i think about in my mind well how am i going to How am I going to make this a round and soft and enjoyable flavor? Uh, And so I was moving towards things like lucuma, which is uh, grown specifically in Peru. It's egg fruit. That has a great nutrition profile as far as vitamins and minerals. It's also not a commodified plant. Mm. Um, It's still kind of not hugely known. So uh, the soil that these are being grown in, these trees are being grown in, um, are, are healthy still. You know, in gotcha. general, they're not trying to spray them. There's not really an incentive to spray because because it doesn't go into the commodity train the same way. When you talk about wild cacao, right, and how it's not in a setup where it's not farming or plantation typing, how does then it – do you then just pay somebody to go out and just pick wild cacao? Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's good just to bring it back to the fair trade space. Uh, conversation in fair trade we're talking about a 15 percent uh increase yep uh as far as the wild cacao i, I would say in in average it's about a 300 percent so three times the wage you would normally pay mm. a worker because you're you're needing to equip them to go into the jungle uh, uh, and they go in small teams it's more work sure you know so in order to get them it's it's actually kind of like a a natural system I remember when I started first reading Cause Artists mm-hmm. uh, newsletters, which I highly recommend. Um, when I started reading them, and I, and I think about how a lot of businesses are started with a specific benefit or a specific cause in mind, or like we raise, um, you know, we sell this and we give this, or yes. we donate money to this. Right. When I started Yes Cacao, I just didn't include anything into the value chain that didn't increase the value of the people's lives right. that are touching it. I want every single person that touches the products going into this to feel the yes of that because that contributes to the vibration of the product. It right. contributes to the good vibes. If you put good vibes into something, you know this when you when you home cook. You know, ah, if you're in point. a great yeah. mood and you're making a dinner, that dinner tastes so much better. Yeah. Especially like if it's a if you're making it for your sweetie, you're like, here you go, babe, I was thinking about you, I was loving on you, thinking about all that good juicy yum yum, and now I put that into the dinner, and then, you know, there's that stuff translates. 
it's an yeah. emotional transfer into the food almost. Totally. And chocolate's very susceptible to that specifically because because it is such a cultural icon for love, for passion. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's embedded into the way we think about these things. So you know, just to come back to that, we, we um, I work with a team of 450 wild harvesters uh, that was assembled and organized by a friend of mine that I met about a decade ago. And uh, he had gone down to South America and Ecuador specifically because of his distaste of the way the chocolate industry and the, the value chains were going. You know, essentially, it's like you have all these little family Families that have cacao trees. Right, right. So the alternative to a big plantation would be little families all over Ecuador that have a few cacao trees. Gotcha. And they cut their cacao pods down. They bring them to their local cacao buyer. Once that gentleman or woman has enough to bring to the next biggest town and sell their... Gotcha. That, you know, it's all these middlemen. Sure. You might go through two or three of those levels before a U.S. importer would be... You know, there's enough to, like, fill up a, a container. Gotcha. And so... Where did all that cacao come from? Where's the transparency? What was sprayed? Whose dogs were taking shits on what? And <laughs> yeah. there's birds and there's like rodents. Everywhere. I mean, sure. we're talking about yeah, you know, and things are, you know, the cacao beans are typically dried like on the street next to cars driving and you have tires sure. and you have sure. Sure. Um, maybe where the cacao is being grown is next to a river and up river there's an auto shop and there's not rules about dumping oil into the river and then you see kids that are walking through the town streets in the subsequent you know, down river that are you know having all kinds of you know debilitating illnesses or right. on crutches or you know there's just certain common sense things where we we don't necessarily see the consequences of our actions in these you know, in these small villages they're trying to fit into a, a western commodified capitalist you know Economy. I mean, economy, global, global economy, economy. That's just yeah. It's so many moving parts, and they're just we're just trying to get by, right? It's just today's a Tuesday. We're just trying to make it to Wednesday. This is what we have to do, right? So, so y'all essentially created your own supply chain. Yeah, um, my supplier, Roberto, <laughs> who is just like a, a very in touch with the with the energy of food, and mm-hmm. he, he's very very discerning about what goes into his own body, but then also uh, what is coming out of his out of his production facility. So gotcha. the, the 450 wild harvesters go out to all these different areas that have been mapped and we know generally when when would be a good time and when is it worth it to go out and harvest the cacao beans. Gotcha. Just take what's right because otherwise there's no sense in that. It's really just cut one at a time. Crazy. You know, it's like that. Those cacao beans get cracked open, put into these fermentation sacks so that when they're traveling back to the facility where the cacao is then further fermented because cacao is a fermented food Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's sun-dried this is all raw cacao meaning that it's not roasted as a kill step so the flavor profile the enzymes the uh, microbes in the cacao are just a little bit less processed than a roasted cacao not all raw cacao is better for you it really depends on where it's grown Mm -hmm. minerals in the soil what's going on with spray all that stuff Um, and then from there it gets shipped to the u.s and it also ships to to the EU, I think to Australia as well. And when I get the cacao, it's I'm getting it in a state where it has been, the nibs have been ground together. So I've gotten the beans and then stone ground those. But I think for the for the transport itself, mm-hmm. for the preservation of the of the cacao, I've had just a much better experience 
getting uh, the beans ground into like a paste or a cacao liqueur, uh, which we mm. decided we just started selling on our website, which is cool to have people order that because I know they're making their own chocolate gotcha. or putting in smoothies and it's just 100% cacao, not mixed with anything, sure, no sugar or sure. nothing. And then when it gets to me, that's when I start to stone grind in the botanicals, which is, gotcha. this is a lot of the differentiator aside yeah. from being wild. The sugar that we're using is, is a sugar that I feel comfortable giving to diabetics and blood glucose sensitive people. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's mineralized and it's sun dried and that's a whole nother. What else, what else would go into something that you would brew, I guess. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. This is where the magic happens. This is where a lot of the magic happens. So, um, you know, when I was doing custom batches, as I had, I had mentioned before, this was, I wanted to talk about the story you had told me about the, digestive sort of situation. This uh, yeah. is a very cool story. So if you, there's another one you want to share, but I just thought sure. that one was really and I, interesting. I will protect the identity of, of the course. person yes. for, yes. for um, his or her privacy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I'm probably going to use the pronoun she because that's going to be easier to tell the story. Yep. Um, I was approached by someone who had not been able to have an unassisted bowel movement for several years, about mm -hmm. six years. And there was some stuff going on. She had gone to different doctors and healers different diets and all of the assistive drugs mm -hmm. or um, exercises or whatever was going diets, they weren't actually giving sustainable results. When I talked with her, I was hearing something a little bit different as far as this is deeper than just your guts. Yep. You know, this is not just you need a laxative, uh, which is kind of like a bandaid on a, on a more systemic issue. Uh, and I just asked her, I was like, what's your relationship like with your parents? And when she told me that her, her parents were really strict, and I was like, ah, your parents are your bloodline. Your bloodline is constricted. Yeah. You have toxins in your bloodline, likely, um, in your bloodstream that are preventing you from peristalsis, which is basically what gets you to have to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Number two, that is. Sure. Um, <laughs> so uh, I made her a blood cleansing chocolate. And... Uh, you know, within about four days of taking the chocolate, and I'd reach out to her like a, you know, my good bedside manner. Yep. Um, and I checked in, and, and already results were happening, and, and I made her like a 20 or 25-day supply of this chocolate, but within the first week. And this is what maybe taking what, a, a snack, one of these packets a day or something? Yeah, like, it was like, like a bar a day. I think okay. um, that was probably probably like an ounce a day. Okay. So not a whole lot. Yeah. But, you know, essentially I'm packing with herbs like, the bars that we currently have available, I think, are even a little bit toned down from the custom. Sure. You know, because you can really dial into what someone wants in a personal, yeah, yeah. Um, but like this bar that we're eating here is 59% botanicals, mm. you know, 41% cacao butter. Um, the endurance blend is an 81% cacao, but it's essentially 40% uh, of it is botanicals. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a lot. That's a that's a good dose. Like that's why you yeah. feel something. Right. So um, you know, in in making these blends, I, I learned a lot about you know, what herbs go together, both for function but also for flavor. Because yippee kaye, if something can be healthy for you, but if it doesn't taste good, people aren't going to eat it. Of course, of course. I mean, it's like you can make an electric car, but if it looks stupid, mass amount of people are not going to buy it. That's why Tesla's successful. It looks good. I mean, sometimes you need things good, to look good, good, taste good. Look, I mean, these things are, it's just how human beings work, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, I'm just going to comment on your fashion at sure. the moment. Okay. Grant, you know, you got a nice thing going on mm -hmm. here. 
but I know that you're also socially conscious about mm. your threads. So it's like, I made this shirt. <laughs> Literally. You did? Yeah. That's fabulous. See, exactly. I didn't even know that. But see, there, there is something about that where like it feels good for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It, you know, it's something that you put your energy into. So in, in general, I, I think that you know, with this delivery system and using chocolate as a delivery system for botanicals, Brilliant. adaptogens, I'm like mind blown that more people aren't doing this. Actually, when I started doing this, I set out to look for companies that were doing this because mm-hmm. maybe that meant that I didn't have to do it because it's a big undertaking. Hell yeah. Business. No, man. Especially something where you got to start from scratch on a lot of different levels. You know, there's no person you can look at to say, hey, this is why you at least build the foundation of a company like this it's you have to create the sector almost which is a category is yes it's i mean it's uh, to think about to think about that and that you've gotten this far and that can only be from passion and and drive and belief in what you are doing to get you to, to this point you know, I, mean, I also that's... got. I got to thank the chocolate for just give being energy giving. If I was getting into like, uh, if I was getting into the field of like sedatives or something, mm. I think I would have a hard time driving right. forward for ten years. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I like to get high on my own supply. Yeah. You know, so there's um, there's a lot of benefit in the chocolate, and there's a lot of testament to this has fueled me through challenging times. You know, anyone who has started a business knows that it's not it's not a smooth sailing, even mm-hmm. if it looks like it from the outside. Right. There's so many challenges. There's so many moments where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I, this whole thing might fold, and yeah. then yeah, you know, then a miracle happens, and then right. the connection. You meet someone. Someone offers out a hand. You you have to kind of leap consistently. It's not just one leap, but to start. That's just the or even one one email that says thank you, right? Like this, ah, this yeah. shit, that if people don't. I think people, if anybody ever thinks about sending an email, you know, or commenting or, or sending a message to a company or a person that they want to thank and say they're appreciated for, please do that. Yes, that goes such a long way. I know I've had super down weeks and months where I'm just like, man, this is this is getting to me, man. It's hard, you know. I gotta keep doing trying to deliver this content and it's like it's exhausting and draining but when i get an email from somebody right or it that's ignition mm-hmm. to, to, to help a currency me. in that it, it's it's much more of a currency than you think mm-hmm. so I, I would just say that, that that goes a long way it's, please do that for for companies you like and appreciate or people please do that because that really goes a long way in people being consistent and keep moving don't, forward about what they're doing. Don't hesitate. Please you don't. Know, when you have yeah. that that yeah. uh, the impetus. I mean, I'm the kind of shopper in a grocery store where if I'm looking at a product that's new that I don't know. We live in an age, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a product I don't know something about or I have a question about. Maybe it says natural flavors, but it looks like a really clean product because you could put anything in natural flavors. And sure. You really have to trust who's making it. Of course. We don't really use natural flavors because I... You know, I just get skeptical when I see that. I'm like, what are you hiding kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I look on the back of the package. I look for a phone number or an email or a social media. And a lot of times I'll just Instagram DM the person yeah. or the company and say, hey, I was wondering about this. And and I take a picture right there of like, hey, this is me, a real person. I'm curious about your product. Right. I would like to become a customer. Right. And then on the flip side of after I've eaten something or had a beverage and enjoyed it. Um, so I, I love being that person that reaches out and says, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's it's huge. I mean, it's especially in this day of age where we have 
so many, 30 options to get coffee or an energy drink or a pair of shoes or a hat or chocolate, or chocolate right? not botanical not botanical chocolate, chocolate but chocolate. look <laughs> you're gonna soon you will have competitors so <laughs> but but yeah i mean that that's the stuff that matters is can i pick up the phone right for lack of a better term or, or dm and i get a true response right and i get that one-on-one interaction that's something mm-hmm. that just to me goes a long way right i mean i try to email everybody back i try to you know do all that stuff and i want to be overboard with questions right you want i'm sure you feel the same way i I want people to ask me questions you know when i was making the the custom batches and i made about i don't know 40 45 different batches of chocolate customized for people addressing a whole host of different things be it digestive or deeper comfort in, in being social. Mm. Um, you know, so that was kind of like dropping a little bit of like social anxieties, yep. remembering dreams better. Interesting. Uh, skin chocolate, weight loss chocolate, lower cholesterol chocolate. I was just up for it. You know, yeah. to me it was school. To me it was right. like, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you a chocolate and I'm gonna learn something. This is your um, PhD in yeah, this is chocolate my, craftsmanship. This was my my PhD in 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 cacao blending and alchemy. It was kind of okay. like an alchemy. Okay. So, you know, because you know that you hit it. And, you know, I would go deep in when I was doing those different formulations because you really got to, like, channel uh, and listen to what the person needs on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And then also in knowing and studying the different adaptogens and botanicals and what they have to offer both from a flavor perspective but also from a function perspective. So, for example, the dirty chocolate or the, the endurance chocolate. Okay. It used to be called dirty, but we just changed it to endurance because apparently some people have a problem with the dirty. <laughs> I don't understand. I like to get, I like the dirty. Um, you know, and the reason we call it dirty is because it has a botanical in it called shilajit, which is actually a mineral exudate, meaning that it's a an ooze that comes out of the rocks of the Himalayan mountains. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking about 50 million year old Crazy. dirt. Yeah. Yeah. That essentially, you know, anything that was alive and died on in the Himalayan mountain range and then returned to the earth. Interesting. And then all of the, the tectonic plates moving and different layers of soil and I'm sure some earthquakes and ice ages, all these things are gestating and smushing and composting this material together to make this super, uh, almost like a, a goo of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's black and shiny and it's <laughs> like, I don't know how the, actually I know how the, the first people found it as far as legend goes. Um, we saw that there were monkeys in the Himalayas that were gathering um, and having like alpha monkey feats of strength and getting down. It was like Burning Man for monkeys okay. in the Himalayas. <laughs> and um, as humans were like, what is this stuff that the, the monkeys were right, eating and right, spreading on their right. bodies? You know, now we know just through scientific studies that, um, you know, and, and really looking into the substance that is one of the, one of the most potent Ayurvedic medicines that is available. Mm. Uh, Shilajit, which is what it's called. It's called Shilajit, which is fun to say too. Um, not to be confused with Prince's drummer, but Shilajit, which is also rocking. But I'm, okay, dad joke. I know, I know. <laughs> so we know it's got 85 minerals, fulvic and humic acid. Now your body's always craving minerals. So if you mm-hmm. can get the minerals in your body, then you don't have that reaching, fill some empty hole in your diet. You Interesting. Know? If you have your minerals taken care of you, it, there's not this craving of i need one more bite it's like minerals are a language of nutrition that once they enter the body 
they let your body know what it needs. It fills in the hole. It communicates. It tells the part of your brain that's full that it's full before your belly actually expands to a place of discomfort. So that's the minerals. So it's got a bunch of minerals. And then the humic fulvic acid is phenomenal because it actually binds to toxins. It's kind of like a clay, like a, okay. a bentonite clay would. Clays bind to toxins, mostly in fat cells and in the lymph system, and pulls them out and flushes them out of your body. The shilajit has a good way of cleansing the body. And when those things are removed from the body, there's a lot of energy that gets freed up. And so that's why we call it the endurance bar, mm-hmm. and also the dirty bar, because it's basically old dirt. Sure. But um, that's just you know that's just one ingredient that because it tastes like ass generally, I needed to formulate the bar to you know to be a desirable. To get these so, minerals, nutrition in your body, you need to make it taste decent. So yeah, I, mean, I wanted people to to not only be to tolerate the flavor, but to really desire that flavor. So. For that bar, I, you know, I, in Ayurveda, some people consider Shilajit the king of Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the underground king in a way. And then the queen of Ayurveda is Tulsi or holy basil, which is like an analog of an anti-anxiety. It's very calming but energizing in that. So it's almost like uh, internal energy okay. and, and like feeling your feet on the ground. So you have both of those working. Then I brought in reishi mushroom, which is phenomenal for your immune system. It's mm-hmm. probably one of the most studied mushrooms. And it's... Uh, it's used in Chinese medicine more so. It's probably most as like uh, Chinese and Taoist medicine. And when you when you imbibe reishi mushroom on a regular basis, it feeds and nourishes what's called your shen. Uh, you know, we know chi. You know, chi is kind of more yep. known as like chi is energy, but shen is like a type of energy that's more received from the heavenly bodies. It's like a different quality of energy than a, than like a Bruce Lee chi kind of a <laughs> gotcha. You know, a force field in that way. But in general, in general, is that the right word? Historically and also pharmacologically, physiologically, let's just throw those together. Uh, <laughs> Say it three mushroom. times fast real quick. Though. Yeah. Historically, pharmacologically, and physiologically <laughs> times three. That was solid. Your body, I, it was better than I thought I was going to do. Uh, your body has like this force field of you have the minerals going, you have this energy kind of coating you. And then um, also taking like Madagascar vanilla and putting a good amount of vanilla in because mm. vanilla is actually a chelator and people don't know that the medicinal qualities of vanilla, aside from it tasting and smelling so delicious, is that it pulls heavy metals from the body. Uh, additionally, you got fennel and peppermint. Fennel is really good for digestion. So it's a lot of the getting the endurance formula and the endurance function is about removing the obstacles inside instead of like putting caffeine so that you can like have a, a boost. It's more like remove the obstacles that are taking the energy that your body naturally creates. Mm-hmm. And that's more how I like to roll with it. I think that what I usually like to end on is when you have 10 years in anything, right? <laughs> whether you're a mechanic, whether you're an engineer, an architect, mm-hmm. There's a lot of wisdom that comes with that, also a lot of mistakes that come with that, right? Also some successes and lessons learned and knowledges and knowledge base that you have built in, in your mind over over those years. What are some of, of the takeaways from the last decade that maybe that surprised yourself, like internally, like wow, it, you never imagined learning this stuff, right? And then what do you think that the next sort of decade I know it's a big question, right? But the next decade, what, what would you like to see from from Yeskakawa as a company, right? And then also you yourself in, in building something that people can go to on a daily basis, right? To to 
to heal their body in some way from delicious, you know, chocolate, right? It, that's the beautiful thing about it. I try, and I like to make it as easy as possible for people to take care of themselves. Right. And that's what a lot of the last 10 years has been about is a discovery process, you know, more of a, an R&D phase yes. of the business of really learning what people want. When I started this, people didn't know what Sheila G or Lion's Mane was. Turmeric yeah. was not a, a normal thing that people knew about. Let's see, about a year ago, I was sitting with my barber. And, uh, or it wasn't even my barber. I was, I was traveling in Los Angeles and we started talking and he's like, well, you know, what's good for you is turmeric. It's an anti-inflammatory. And I was like, man, if my barber is telling me this, that is something, you know, it has come a long way. Right, right, right. In the last decade, it's been a study of, of what is working in the botanical space, what works well with chocolate, really refining our sourcing, uh, and being able to scale, not just finding this one rare flower that we can get once you know, right that doesn't it doesn't actually help people you know right it's interesting but yeah. interesting is not enough right um so i'm really liking seeing the trending of education yes. in food as medicine yes and that's where i'd like to see it go and, and i i see myself and i see yes cacao with like cause artists and team working with different you know both my my uh, production guy uh, Coco Logos and then I've got Boom Media in Austin I've got uh, One Drop who's you know it's like all of the different team members that yeah. are, are helping are, are designed for our new rebrand Rumble these girls are just super on it and they're very passionate I find everyone that kind of jumps onto this train yeah, is sure. passionate because it's chocolate so I think that there's a there's a growing team vibe that I think is going to continue to build over the next 10 years so that um, so that we're really ex- expanding this family of people who know how to take care of themselves with pleasure. Like here's a permission slip for you to take care of yourself <laughs> while enjoying yourself. Um, and also just, uh, just a shout out to my wife, who's sure. also uh, my co-founder in this. Uh, I like to mention her in this, even though she's of, of us, she's a little bit more on the shy side. I kind of like to be the talker. Sure. Her and I, uh, we made a, a, one of our wedding vows was to be crazy about each other, but just to be crazy about life. Yeah. Not crazy, but crazy. crazy. <laughs> um, and, and that thread goes through in the same way of like reaching out to companies and, and calling them out and saying, and praising people because that, that network, yeah, that really is the, the bond of a community. Yes to that. And yes to you, Grant, thank you for doing what you're doing. I like to say congrats on what you're about to do. Yeah, and um, I just feel super lucky to be here. Yeah, man, yeah. I appreciate it, bro. I mean, it's it's been it's been a beautiful time to 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 meet each other and you know get to know each other over the past few days. And so uh, I Thank appreciate you, it, my brother.